It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live. Sponsored by TaylorMade and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Good afternoon and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning in to Fox ESPN 920. Round one of the U.S. Open was yesterday. Today's opening tune asks the important question there, USGA. Is it tough enough? Turn it up. It's time for the pro show. job on the song a little song of the week there a little tough enough uh back in the 80s that was a great little rock and roll song and i know that uh that, that's like a one-hit wonder there that's for sure I and i was trying to think of another song they have and i can't think of one yeah i i can't think of one either and uh the fabulous thunderbirds are certainly the ones that sing that one but uh i thought it was appropriate for certainly what is going on this week up there in mamaroneck new york which is just there in westchester county a little north of manhattan in the five boroughs where they are having the 120th u.s open championship this week there at famed wingfoot golf club and we have a special guest lined up for today but he's a little held up at the moment so he's going to call in at any time so keep those phone lines open Uh, we are supposed to be talking to none of other than five-time USGA champion. And the first of those USGA championships was a U.S. Open win in 1974 there at Wingfoot Golf Club, and that's Hale Irwin. And Hale's going to call in in just a little bit. But for the time being, we're going to take a quick jump to thank our sponsors and all of our friends that support us here at Springdale Golf Live. And of course, first and foremost, we got to talk about TaylorMade Golf. And you know, if you don't believe in what TaylorMade's doing, you're just not watching golf on TV these days. I mean, between Colin Morikawa's uh, initial major championship win there at the PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park or the $15 million FedEx Cup championship that Dustin Johnson just won down there at Eastlake and the Tour Championship. Uh, all tailor-made guys, all doing an exceptional job. And I think I'll be a tailor-made guy in the mix this week. I know one of my early picks was John Rahm. And, uh, you know, he had a, a decent round this morning. Looks like the golf course is playing a little tougher today. And we'll get to more of that in a moment. But uh, many thanks to TaylorMade for sponsoring Springdale Golf Live week in and week out. Certainly the New Jersey Golf Foundation, Chris Hunt, his team, the executive director there, and all they do to grow the game of golf here in New Jersey. Be Dratty. Fairway and Green, Zero Restriction, EP New York. We know them all as Summit Golf Brands. And, of course, F.H. Wadsworth. Now, we're talking about the U.S. Open. It's a major championship week, and it's at famed Wingfoot Golf Club. And all week, all of the pundits and all the media folk and the Golf Channel faithful and and everyone just keeps talking about the rough and how hard this golf course is. And then they all show up yesterday. And guess what? 21 players shoot under par, which is, to me... um, not necessarily what the media and the fans and everyone was looking for a bloodbath and, you know, clean up on aisle two and clean up on aisle 18, but it didn't happen. And, you know, Wade, I have a theory on why that didn't happen. And what's that theory? Well, that theory is, is that, you know, I'm glad you asked that question. And uh, that theory is, is that they have 144 men to get around that golf course. And a lot of people don't know this, but they didn't finish play to round one last night. They had one and a half groups, uh, left on one and a half holes with two groups left on the golf course uh, when it got dark last night the guys just couldn't see anymore I think it was a little after seven o'clock and they said hey we just can't see what is going on anymore 
on this golf course. So, you know, you have to, we have to stop play. And they went back out this morning and they finished. And then those guys rolled right into their AM round. But if the USGA has made it any harder in yesterday or today, they're just not going to get play completed. And I think a lot of people are kind of missing that point. So I wanted to throw that out there for the listeners. So that way, if you get in a little, you know, cocktail conversation, you know, a little happy hour talk with your friends, uh, maybe through a Zoom chat or something like that, then that you know that you can be a little more educated for listening to Springdale Golf Live. As to why, as as to why. Now that being said, all right, it is windy this afternoon. They did make it a little bit tougher today. The scores are a little bit higher as you look at the morning wave. But you know they still have to get everyone around the golf course. Now, Wade, when it comes to this weekend, all glove, you know, all bets are off. Right. The gloves are coming off, and it's going to be carnage. Because, it's going to be fun. Well, you know, we're at a time of year, which is why they were so worried about getting the field around, right? They're at a time of year where we certainly, you know, we struggle with daylight. The U.S. Open is traditionally played on Father's Day weekend. Which lots is of li- lots of light. Lots of light. It's right there at the summer solstice, right? Which is the longest day of the year. We probably have three less hours of daylight with which to deal with right now. And you know they're trying to maintain a championship golf course. They've got you know two hundred men and women out there, you know mowing and blowing and and raking and doing all of these things. And they have to get everyone through the golf course, and it's as hard as a golf course can be. So you know I I, I think that. These two days will be fun to watch. And then everyone who's like a diehard U.S. Open, you know, make sure these guys don't break par and make them all miserable and frustrate them and see them get impatient. You're going to get exactly what you want and what Stu Francis was talking about last week at the U.S. Open, which is a fair championship, which is their word for harder than usual. And they're going to put together something I think that's going to be pretty special come Sunday afternoon. And one person that certainly won't be around Sunday afternoon, that's going to be Phil Mickelson, who blew up yesterday. So my, yes, he did. <laughs> my, my condolences to Phil. It wasn't his best go around. And uh, this morning, he, he I think he shot four. He shot 74 this morning. So he's 13 over and he is done for this championship. He is 50 years old. And it's, you know, everyone goes back to 2006. And there's been a lot of great coverage on 2006 when Jeff Ogilvie won. And they go through the whole Phil thing. And, you know, the great, the, the most famous, one of the most famous press room quotes by any professional athlete. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Right. And, you know, you know, everyone feels for Phil and everyone was rooting for him. He's been, you know, a bridesmaid so many times in the U.S. Open. And and that just, you know, it's unfortunate for Phil, but, you know, it it just is what it is. And they did a great special on the Golf Channel where they were talking about all the different people involved. And some of these names were great, like Kenneth Ferry and Colin Montgomery and and Patty Harrington. And then Jeff Ogilvy ends up winning or whatever. But it, it, it was so long ago. Wade, you know, it was back like in the time of like pleated pants and like baggy golf shirts and everything, you know, not in anymore. No, not, not, not so much. You know, I I don't know. They might be where you golf. Maybe, you know, at Pine Creek or Mulligan's Island or Pirate's Cove. But yeah, yeah, your yard. Um, But um, certainly they're not as fashionable as they were as or as they are this uh, 2020 version, the 120th U.S. Open Championship there at Wingfoot Golf Club. And I have to tell you, you know, Wingfoot is quite a special place. I went there when they had the 1997 PGA Championship way back in the day. And that was the one that was won by Davis Love, the famous one runner up, uh, Justin Leonard. He and he and Davis had kind of a duel on that last day there. And Davis ended up winning. And there's the famous rainbow shot with him on the 18th hole. And, you know, you know, his father was a famed golf instructor that had passed away in a plane crash. And it was all, you know, a very spiritual moment and everything. But, you know, having seen that landscape 
and I've been there several times. I haven't played it, but I've been there several times for a meeting or to, to watch a tournament like that one. I don't know that I've ever experienced a golf course that could be as intimidating as it is simple. And what I mean by that is that when you go to like someplace like TPC Sawgrass, the stadium course, or you go to the ocean course at Kiwa Island, you know, you've got sand and then you've got water and you've got, you know, there isn't a water hazard that's going to come into play in this whole championship. And it's just grass. It's just sand. And it's just dirt. And it's pretty amazing what Tillinghast did with that property in order to create, you know, what everyone seems to say is, you know, one of the one or two or top three most challenging golf courses in this country. And it's it's just a parkland course. And I don't mean any disrespect, but what I'm saying is that it, there's really nothing tricked up about it. All it's saying is that you have to hit straight shots. To certain parts of the green and the greens are very, very challenging there. It's your classic example of like, you know, like what Volkswagen was buried under that corner of that green. And then, right. you know, that's where Jimmy Hoffa's body is. And, you know, all, all of these other type of challenges that that are faced when they get on the green. I know Zach Johnson had a putt yesterday and they put that kind of like shot tracer line on it. Right. right. And, and it actually went past the hole up around a ridge and, and the line itself, it looked like an EKG or something. It was like, <laughs> it was all over this green and, and just the imagination that these guys have to use all week. It's going to be a ton of fun to watch and, and you're going to get to see it on display all day yesterday, today, you know, NBC is doing a tremendous job and you know, our partners at Fox sports, they did a good job for the last couple of years, but now that we are ESPN nine, 20 right fox sports so see you later that's right fine. You're not nbc the first universal that, you're not the first to accidentally say the old name by the way well oh, you're like the third so did, don't worry. did i was there was there uh was just maybe, maybe a little slip yeah was there a little okay just oh, a little just a little I, one i caught it the All average right. probably right. didn't yeah well yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not sure if i caught it but uh i'm sure you're right because you're always listening like you're listening for the phone right now calling hail Irwin. calling hail Irwin. hail that's a good idea maybe Irwin. he's listening he he could be you know, I mean, this is a very popular show in the New York metropolitan area as we cover the United States Open. Now, speaking of covering the Open, we got to go to the leaderboard real quick. And everybody's favorite, Bryson DeChambeau, who finished up this morning with an eagle on the last hole. So, okay, love him or hate him, Bryson does his thing, Wade. I mean, he just he just cruises along and he does his thing. And his whole thing was, I'm going to gain 50 pounds, I'm going to hit the ball a million miles. Well, case in point. Very challenging day today. Very challenging. Very long golf course. I mean, you think about just the par threes alone. One of them's 243. The average par three at most golf courses you're going to play is probably around 150, 160 yards. So listen to these par three yardages. 243, 162, 214, 212 on greens that are just impossible. Right. right? So really, really tough. Super long golf course. All par fours to finish. 16th hole, 498. 17th hole, 504. 18th hole, 469. Good luck, everybody. Good luck. <laughs> if you have a one-shot lead with three holes to go, ask Phil how it worked out in 2006. Now, so the ninth hole is one of the par fives you're going to get to, and it's 565. So he hit a 380. I, I just saw this right before I headed over to the studio today. It, it was on in the shop. He hit a 380-yard drive. Okay. Okay? <laughs> now, a long player on the PGA Tour is 310, 320, sure. 330 with some roll. Okay, Just to give you an idea, in 2006, the last time they played a U.S. Open there, a long player would have been 285, 295, and then, you know, in 2006, maybe Phil hit it over 300 right. or, so or Tiger. I mean, this is a drive. I mean, this guy's now hitting the ball 
360 plus all the time. Launching and, it. And straight. It's crazy, right? So he hit a 380-yard drive. He's got 170 yards to the pin, which is probably like a nine iron or wedge. He's probably wedge because he's all jacked up on protein drinks, right? <laughs> and he hits this thing to like six feet and makes the eagle. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that's the future of golf, you know? Because people see that and they're like, I want whatever Bryson wants. I, I remember when I worked in the shop back in Isleworth and people would come in all the time and they would say, you know, I, I want the same t- clubs that Tiger Woods uses. I'm like... To do what with? Right. <laughs> you know, like rake a bunker. I mean, talent like what? not included. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You can't special order the talent. Right. So, you know, long and the short there is that, you know, people are like, oh, I want to do what Bryson does. I'm like, well, well, look at him. Right. And he makes this eagle. Right. So with that, he shot two under uh, this morning. 68, and he's now in the lead. At the time, he was still two behind JT, Justin Thomas, who had yet to tee off with the lead. And he's playing with Tiger this afternoon, and and JT and Tiger are through six holes. And at this point, um, Tiger is one over through those six, and JT is two over for that six. So um, JT's at three. Patrick Reed's at three. He's on the golf course with him. He's also through six holes. He's he's just in the group in front of him. Uh, and then Bryson, you know, is in there at minus three. And, you know, everyone's talking about what's the winner going to be over par, what's going to happen. Well, I think anyone that gets in under par after 36 holes when they've made the course play easy enough for everyone to get around is certainly going to have an opportunity to um, be in perfect position for the weekend massacre that's about to take place. I'll I'll come up with some form of alliteration for you in the second Ooh, half I like there, Wade. Yeah, I, I know you. when I throw it in there all the time. Massacre's a good start, though. Yes, yeah, the Magnificent Massacre. There you go. All right, write it down. Oh, oh yeah, sir. And so, uh, like I said, Tiger, one over through six. You know, he looked pretty good. I saw him play the 10th and 11th hole, hit some good shots. He had some great shots yesterday. Had a little birdie string in the middle. Looked like the Tiger of old. Got everybody excited. And then he limped a little bit on the way in, finishing bogey double. He shot three over yesterday. But so far, Wingfoot is quite the championship um, venue that it should be. And you know what, folks? Uh, I'm certainly hopeful that during the break we're going to catch up with our good friend Hale Irwin and he'll be there. I know that uh, Wade is patiently looking at the phone lines, but uh, if he doesn't, we're going to have some more fun discussing the U.S. Open and all that's going on up in Mamaroneck, New York. Folks, it's 3.15 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment, hopefully, with the five-time USGA champion, Hale Irwin. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. We are excited to announce that PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere, a rehabilitative golf program for military veterans with disabilities, will take place on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. throughout the fall season at Fiddler's Elbow Country Club. To support the NJGF or learn more about the PGA Hope program for military veterans living with physical and cognitive challenges, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Rich in distinguished history for nearly 125 years, Springdale Golf Club and its members have been beautifully making their mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Our impact in the industry does not stop there. Did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management? Springdale's walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn design course, now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in our commitments to the member experience. Just announced as a significant
significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all of the incredible moments being made at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to ESPN 920. It's been 26 weeks, 26 shows with 26 guests. That's half a year, but we're back. And during that remote time, we've been live, but nothing's better than being back in the studio again. It's U.S. Open week. Wade, volume up. Let's go. Open week here on Springdale Golf Live. So, as we get back into this here, Wade, you know, can you believe when I rattled that off right there that you and I haven't been together here in the studio in 26 weeks? Now, last time I checked, a year had 52. Right. Right? So, I know when I started reading that off, you started looking at me and you were like, kind of looking at me sideways. You're like, I, I know you, can you imagine it's been six months since you and I have done a show in the studio? It's nuts. I quickly did the math, and it turns out 26 is uh, is half of 52. So you were spot on. I use my phone, but I double checked. <laughs> I've seen you through, you know, the the webcams and stuff, but it's it's not the same. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool, and um, you know, so certainly I want to take a quick second because we have the time as we wait for Hale to call in. But that is, is it? How's your family doing and everything during this little getting pandemic by. pause? Getting by, getting yep. by. We're all lucky. None of us have been sick. We're all uh, we're still employed. Everything. Can't, very thankful, very lucky. Yeah, it, I, I would equally say the same because I tell you, one thing's for sure: it has been one heck of a summer over at Springdale. I mean, you know, we have this old saying over there to have a Springdale day, and what that means is it, it's kind of like a mantra. It's a way of life. It's a philosophy. It's a mindset. I always say to people because I will say it to people when it's raining or when it's cold. I'll say, "Hey, did you have a Springdale day?" And they say, "What well, I mean? Well, when you come here, we want you to be relaxed, have fun. I'm the director of fun, all of that jazz, right?" But this summer, we have had more Springdale days than ever before. I mean, it's unbelievable. We have more members than we've ever had in my 12 years there at the club, right? We've had more rounds than we've ever had. I mean, you want, all right, so get your calculator app back out, all right? We're 25% up in rounds, and for seven weeks, we didn't count any. We had zero. Wow. So late March, April, right, before we went back to golf and Murphy led us back to golf in early May, we had zero rounds for seven weeks, and I'm 25% ahead of 2019 year-to-date. That's insane. I mean, it's crazy. You know what what it really says? It really says a lot about the game of golf. And I'm always on here preaching about it's such a great thing to do. It's a a lifelong endeavor. It's like swimming. It's It's like if you don't learn to play golf... At some point in your life, you're missing out, just like if you don't learn to swim. It's like, hey, Wade, you want to go down to the Jersey Shore, go to the beach, it's beautiful. You know, you want to go out on the fishing boat, you know, have a couple of uh, drinks and, you know, throw the throw the line in the water or whatever. You say, no, I'm not comfortable going on boats because I don't know how to swim. Right. right? That's a bummer. 
It is. You know, and so what's so unique about that is that so many people have now been coming out to play golf. We have more guests. We have new members. We have all the stuff going on. And all of that led up to last week. And I got to take a moment to talk about this because I have a moment. And Springdale is 125 years old. All right. So we were the 58th golf club recognized by the USGA back in the late 1890s. Wow. All right. So we're talking about a USGA week and we're talking about the 120th U.S. Open Championship. So if you count back and they skipped a couple of years in there, the first ever USGA U.S. Open happened in 1895 at Newport Country Club. OK. 1895 was the year that Springdale was founded. So this past weekend, and it happened in September of 1895, they're not 100% sure of the day, and the land that we're on right now was, was, found, was, was purchased in 1899, but the, the original forefathers of the club started a nine-hole golf course over off of Baird Lane in Princeton in 1895, right? So this past weekend, we celebrated our 125th anniversary of being a golf club. The 58th club recognized by the USGA in the United States of America. So we're we're at a form of a of a top 100 list that's that's very very special. Sure. I mean, how many things get to celebrate a you know 125th anniversary? I mean, I run a member guest every year that that has you know um, like 70. You know, we're on the I think the, this year would have been the 79th one of those. Right. I mean, some places, you know, in town or whatever, they haven't been here 30, 40 years. We've been here 125 lifetimes. It's cool. I mean, it's it's generational. Absolutely. And what was cool about the party that we had the other night, this this wonderfully socially distant party. I mean, we had a bunch of people there, but the tables were like they were outstretched forever. I mean, the staff did a tremendous job making sure that everybody got around and everyone was safe and everything. And. You know, Anthony Pagliari and the general manager at the club, just tremendous job throwing on this party. And then at the end of the party, we had fireworks. You know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, well, we're a golf club and, you know, we're going to have these fireworks or whatever. And I've taken my kids to Disney World before. You've been to Disney with your kids and seen the fireworks? I have not. Uh, TV, we watch them. Okay. Well, okay. So, you know, you think about Fourth of July fireworks, right? And the fireworks were unbelievable. I mean, it was just, it was a lot of great fun. And I don't want to get too deep into this, right? But we had a great, tournament week last week we had a uh, men's premier member member event we had tons of fun with that thursday and friday then we had a big family tournament on saturday which led into this big barbecue pig roast great weather too oh my goodness the you weather could, you could order up better weather weather for these events you know what i, I did order the weather did you really? yeah it, it actually came <laughs> wow, yeah that's great it did well it, thank you then because yeah, i really enjoyed it it's actually <laughs> i actually had to check the year i was like because okay. everything's gone wrong in 2020 <laughs> right, exactly so i had to check to make sure it was still 2020 and we, and we shouldn't be ce- celebrating like 126 like it was next year or something like sure. that but it was uh it was it was a pretty amazing time for the club and you know i was super psyched to be a part of it and, and always um just so appreciative of all the members and everyone there just having such a great time and you know who's not having a great time right now are these guys over at wingfoot we got to get back to mamaroneck new york and you know i i kind of you know i go back and forth in my brain here and i want to touch again on my first impression of wingfoot when i went there and it wasn't just so much that it was just like you know i i made it very simplified earlier when i talked about the 1997 pga championship that's you know it's just grass and it's just sand 
and it's just some dirt with some undulations and everything, right? Folks, you really have to look at the artistic nature of what's going on this week. And if you get a chance, go on the website, usga.org, and look at the overheads of these holes. They are so simple, yet they are so unique. And one after another, they're such a wonderful challenge for these guys. And you can see it because oh, right now, Captain America, Patrick Reed, has just he made a birdie, and he's jumped, and he's minus four right now, and he's one ahead of Bryson. So I, I tell you right now, it would definitely be America's championship if come Sunday the final pairing is Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau. Um, you know, the guys you love to hate. You know, I mean, it's just that right there would be quality TV viewing. And yes. And I think every other player in the field would vote to make the golf course the hardest it's ever been of all time. And just watch those two guys, you know, try and kill each other. But um, the Tiger still uh, still playing the seventh hole hasn't updated. And uh, we'll keep you updated as we go through this today. But the whole idea of the U.S. Open having to be make it so that even par is a winning score and you don't get to see lots of birdies. Now, you're a casual golf fan, Wade, right? Yes. Um, how do you feel about that? Like, so when, when I come in here and we're talking about, um, you know, the Bay Hill Invitational or the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the guy, the guy that wins that shoots a, a dozen under or then we talk about like the waste management where they t- t- generally shoot. 20 under, right? And then in this event, they're going to struggle a lot. Do you have an opinion either way about you know what you like to see when you watch golf? Do you want to see those guys struggle and hit some bad shots this week more often, or do you like to see them make a lot of birdies and kind of have a shootout? Yeah, I like the better shot. I like the better play. I like what what appears to be better play, but but, but I. It's I haven't played very much, so so I don't have that insight like you do. But when you point these things out to me, then when I'm watching, I'm like I'll, I watch it differently. So I get a little bit more interested. Okay. And then I appreciate what's going on. But I, I like, everyone loves a great shot. And every once in a while, when you don't like someone, you like the same uh, shank one. So Yeah, well, so, but I mean, I, I think that your opinion, though, is really important here. And this is why I asked the question and why I'm kind of digging in. And, you know, the folks that are listening are kind of like they can hear you. You're, you're trying to, like, hedge your bets on what you want to yes, say, yes, right? Yes, yeah, a little Be- bit, yeah. Because... I'm a PGA professional and a golf professional and have been for a long time. My whole life has been wrapped around golf. So you're trying, you know, to very carefully get into a conversation with me about, you know, what you like one thing versus another. But it's really important. We are trying to grow the game to the average consumer, which is you, you know, I think it's neat that you say that you do like a little bit more of a shootout. And I think hopefully the USGA listens to something like that. I want to see the best players play as best as they can that's that's what i that's what i'm watching that's what i want to say because you can go anywhere and see bad golf <laughs> so, well so think of it this way right see the best so the best players are there and when the best players hit really good shots on a golf course that's that much harder it makes those shots that, that much, much more tremendous and great i mean there's a lot of replays take for example of tiger woods over the years and everyone's seen them Right. The best shots, the most memorable ones almost always happen in a major championship where, you know, he is the chip in against Chris DeMarco at the Masters or the the famous three iron out of the bunker at Hazeltine or, you know, I mean, so those types of shots are definitely the ones that get the crowd going the most. And that's for sure. And you know what? Around the club this week, you know, a lot of people because. You know, I have an opinion in a radio show in golf, and, you know, they asked me, they said, Keith, who do you think is going to play well this week? And, you know, it's easy to go with the Dustin Johnsons of the world and the John Roms, and, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people's hot pick was Xander Shoffley. 
You know, a lot of people weren't talking about JT. I mean, they were talking about JT, but they weren't. A lot of people would love to see Tiger do well. Um, he's doing well enough right now to, to hang around, and we'd love to have him experience the weekend. That's for sure. Excuse me. But, you know, some of these other guys that are now into play here, like your Harris Englishes and your Brendan Todds that have had great seasons, it's good to see those guys around. DeChambeau has had a great season. Patrick Reed, the man you love to hate, he's hanging out at the top there. So they asked me, they say, you know, they're like, Keith, pro. They said, who's going to win this weekend? So, I, you know, I've been thinking about it. Uh, I've watched a round and a half here or two rounds of this individual. And I think that based upon the way that he's hitting it and the way he's been playing for the last month, I think the pick is John Rahm come Sunday. So when we go back to talking to Stu Francis last week, who's the president of the USGA, he's the one that's going to hand out the trophy on Sunday. He's definitely the one. I think it's going to John Rahm. So folks, you'll be able to call me out on that next week or hit me up on social media come Sunday night if I'm right or wrong. If I'm right, you'll hear about it. And if I'm wrong, you you won't hear me. But anyway, um, before we go, I, I think I'm getting the high sign here. So is, is it about that time? It's about that time. All right. Well, the first guy I got to thank is Wade Weezer. He's been waiting patiently by the phone. Hail. 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 All right. Uh, Springdale Board of Governors, tremendous job, leadership throughout this entire year. But last week, the 125th anniversary celebration was really cool. And of course, we couldn't have done it without the help of Troon Golf Management. And you know what, folks? Thanks for listening this week. We'll get a great guest next week, that's for sure. You know what, folks? We got more time. Well, just another 10 seconds. Who do you think? All right. So who who do you think is going to win the U.S. Open? That guy you said. It's not going to be Hale Irwin. I can tell you that. <laughs> that guy used that. Fair enough. All right. Hey, Taylor Made, New Jersey Golf Foundation, Summit Golf Brands, FH Wadsworth. Thank you for all the support and always sponsoring us. And folks, before we send you over to the next show on ESPN 920, see, I got it right there. All right. I'm heading to Springdale, but where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from Princeton to Mamaroneck, New York, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. Thanks for joining us for today's show. Return to the T next Friday at 3 with Keith Stone.